The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Good morning, guys. This is Dr. Rob, the Addiction Doctor. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Breaking Through Addiction. It's Wednesday morning here in San Antonio. It's 9.12. It's a little bit sunny today, but it's colder than usual, which is awesome. Good morning, Jan. How are we doing today? I'm well. I'm a little tired today. As I was telling you, I was up late last night. I'm in Sedona right now, and I was howling at the moon like we're literally doing oming with a bunch of group of people i have no idea who they were <laughs> so it was um i i walked a lot upon a um group of people doing all sorts of dancing and oming at the moon at the full moon last night so i'm a little sleepy i remember and um i remember a, a friend of mine robbie williams is, is yes, a, I love robbie williams yeah well robbie williams was telling me that he might have been over near you actually, but he was walking round about uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night or in the morning, it was a crazy time. And he come across this group of people and what they were singing, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, which he later went on to record. But yeah. apparently it was a bunch of people and they were all cancer survivors. Oh. And they used to all get together like 4 a.m. or something or two o'clock in the morning on this hill somewhere uh, and they used to sing this song like every morning. And I thought it was amazing. I know it was it really, it really was amazing. And it's super funny because I, I, you'd have to know my dad, but I sent him a picture of it. And he said, those look like really either really super happy people, Jen, or it's a clusterfuck. And I said, well, I think it might've been a little bit of both. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they're really happy people or they're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> or well, they've escaped from the local asylum, something like that. I know you never know, do you? When anyone's yeah. too happy, I always get freaked out. I know, like, right? What, what are they taking? What are they taking? That's until I got sober. Then I realized that you can't be happy every day without taking anything. So it's awesome, exactly. absolutely awesome. What have you been up to this week? Oh well, I had a death in my and and of a friend, and then um, I've been hiking and doing some yoga, getting just doing my thing, working, but all good stuff. I mean, I always. Sedona is definitely my happy place. So I'm here. I'm enjoying myself. Is that where you're staying now? Yeah. Forever, forever and I ever? Think so. I think it's going to be forever and ever. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, right. Until you move to Texas next month. <laughs> well, I know. that's. I, I keep asking you and you're like, you're not telling me to move there. So I, I'm, I, I'm waiting for the invitation, Rob. We'll send you an invitation. Don't worry about that. We got a little house at the end of the property for you. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for Jay Bear to be like, okay, Jen, we're ready for you. Oh, no, she said that three or four times. It's me going, hang on a sec. She might be a crazy fucker. She might come over here and stab us both to tech and, and, and take your identity. Driving around in the Range Rover with Jay Bear on it going, hey, I'm Jay Bear. How are you? I'm, I'm Rob. No, he's sick. He's not, he won't be coming out for the next few months. 
You know that shit actually happened, right? <laughs> right. Oh my god, it's so funny. Oh, no. Hey guys, so thank you guys for joining us. Nine fifteen uh, on uh, Breaking Through Addiction. Dora Darling is on the show. Oh yeah. She's from Soberoso. She created and is the main person over there. She's got a great story. Absolutely, she's an amazing person. So, guys, stick around. We're back in about 15 seconds with Dora Darling. Dora's in the house. Good morning. Good morning, beautiful peeps. How Good are you? Morning. Fantastic. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, so we've got Dora. Lovely. I mean, how great is that? I know. I thought that when I saw your name, Jennifer Lovely. Well, that's nice. <laughs> great I name. Bragging one, of course, man. I said, okay. Well, well my, my name is Rob Amazing. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works. <laughs> so tell us, tell us your story. Let's get right into it, Dora. I'd love to know a little bit about your story and then how you came about creating Soberoso. Okay. Well, I don't think we have that much time, but I'll tell you some of the, the some of the pointers. Um, I drank and drugged for thirty years. I had my first drink at the age of twelve. Um, by the time I was 15, I was drinking and drugging, and uh, I was living on my own at the age of 15. I became a teenage mom and had two daughters before I could even walk into a bar. So um, drinking and drugging kind of became my right, my right of passage, you know. I was an adult. I, uh, first, I drank and drugged to fit in, you know. Um, I didn't plan on becoming addicted or an alcoholic, but... Uh, 30 years of it and through that 30 years I went through many different phases you know in the beginning it was smoking a little weed skipping out on school um, drinking on the weekends I had my first line of coke at the age of 14 and in my last uh, my last three years of my party career I was doing uh, Cocaine, ecstasy, meth, and smoking crack all at the same time. I'd order like four of each drug and I'd stay up for four or five days. And, um, you know, that cycle of insanity ensued. I would, I, I was scared to be alone, you know. I, during that five-day bender, I would cycle through friends. You know, I'd go out on a Friday night with a, a so-called normal group of people. And um, they'd go to bed, and then I'd go to some shady bar that opened at 8 in the morning, you know, where all the people that got off bars work, where all the prostitutes hung out. And then I'd wait for the bar to open again. And I could do that for four or five days without sleeping. And I was scared. I was scared to be home alone in my own head and in my own thoughts. Mm. I, um, you know, I, I never thought of killing myself, of taking my own life, but I really lost the will to live. You know, I was, I was fucking scared to be with my own thoughts and what could possibly happen being that high. 
So, you know, I would uh, take a four hour break or take a take one day off, which still consisted of drinking beer and getting food into my system and then right back at it, you know, trying to forget about all that shit that happened the last five days. <laughs> so uh, a complete cycle of insanity is what was going on in my life. So I, I take it that became your, like a normal life at the time, just daily yes. occurrence. Yeah, I would party for four or five days. And like I said, take a day off where I could actually eat because during that four or five days, you know, I wouldn't eat and I would actually, you know, start vomiting the night and, and, and I'd go right back to drinking. I'd go in the bathroom, vomit and come out and grab another beer and just keep going at it, you know? Um, yeah. I really wanted to escape, you know. I I was also in a, a very horrific relationship that was very toxic, and the drugs kept coming around the clock. And if I tried to quit, they were right for me. Just get me out of my misery. I, I felt like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So can you tell me the pain that you were running from? Like, what was it? Well, that's also, I think, a lifelong uh, journey, you know. Um, I'm just beginning to unravel everything that happened through my whole history. But during my, uh, my history, looking back, you know, I guess the first thing was that I had depression as a young child. But, you know, I went going through the hormones of a teenager into a young pregnancy. And uh, there was one point in my life where um, after that pregnancy, the doctor had diagnosed me with postpartum depression. And I was growing up in a small town in the middle of nowhere. And there was only two doctors in the town and everybody knew everybody's business. And um, anyways, he prescribed me some meds. And the father of my children at that time, when he found out, said, there is no way my old lady is going to be depressed and be on these, this medication, like just not having it. So there were stages through my life where I was diagnosed with manic depression and I just self-medicated. Um, always a lot of problems with relationships. And I believe that's because almost every relationship revolved around drinking and drugging. And then I felt felt this um, like I had to commit you know I might have met a guy on a bar stool last night and didn't know his name in the morning but I said we were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend and then three years later of abuse and insanity of me trying to become better and trying to improve me so that this person would love me uh, I think I, I, I do struggle a lot with codependency issues too you know it's trying to give more love to get more love and unfortunately doesn't work that way. <laughs> Some people take advantage of that situation, you know. I think a lot of people take advantage of that, situation. and that's that's what we find out. It's uh, we just we, we follow these people and we take hostages and just hope one day someone will turn around and say, you know, I love you and everything's going to be okay. I don't know about you. It sounds the same as me, but it never happened to me when, when I was out there. But I, I would do that. I would, you know, meet somebody and then say I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life and it was just hell upon hell but I was too scared to leave that was my problem because the typical alcoholic knows that you know if you only found out who I was then nobody's going to love me anyway talk to me about the childhood trauma because there's always childhood trauma with people like us 
Oh my goodness. Well, I think the, the biggest part looking back at my childhood is first of all, I was the first child born um, on a religious commune, which was led by a, um, a religious cult leader named Sam Fife back in the uh, 70s and 80s. He started up a couple different uh, settlings and I was the first baby on one of these in a place called Pink Mountain in northern BC. And um, that's where my parents got married. And, and yeah, I was the first baby here. And, and these people were literally starving and, you know, being told uh, how to live and live off the land. So they, my parents were already living in like a survival scenario. And um, they ended up, you know, leaving with the clothes on their backs. And me as, as a young child, when my brother came around, that mentality you know we moved to a, a smaller town and you know my dad hunted for the the wild game we had in the fridge to keep us fed all, all through the um the winter you know back, like I, I had to do a lot of fucking work that other kids didn't you know i had a lot i had to, i had to i had to earn my place and i really you know at a young age started presenting other kids, you know, even their treats, you know, and in the pool. Yeah, I don't know. There was there was a there was a big breakdown of communication. My parents, although I love them dearly now, we have an incredible relationship. Um, you know, they, they were being parents for the very first time, and uh, they were very strict, very strict with me. And my father's mom was an alcoholic. And he lived way far away from me. So in my perception, I had no idea what an alcoholic was. But when I met my granny, she was freaking cool. You know, she was a little French lady with a fur coat and smoked cigarettes off, you know, the lawns. And she was cool. You know, I didn't think, what's wrong with an alcoholic? I mean, she's, you know, she talked to me like a normal person. So I think there was a real breakdown in communication. I wasn't allowed to talk to guys. I wasn't allowed to date or anything until I was 20 years old. So I couldn't really even talk about what was going on in my life with my parents. Um, so at a very young age, before I found drinking and drugging, I uh, got into cutting myself, you know. I would cut myself with, with razors, I would slice up my arms, and I had so much going on on the inside that when I would do that, it was like the, the feelings from inside would be released through cutting. You know, I, I wasn't trying to heal myself, but by cutting, this pain moved from the inside to the outside. And, um, you know, that must have been when I was about 12 or 13. And like I said, I started running away and I was living on my own at the age of 15. And that stopped when the drinking and drugging came in. You know, I think that Dr. Rob can speak to that a little bit more than I can, but um, our brain doesn't actually recognize the difference, um, the, the difference in pain, whether it's emotional or physical. It just knows that it's in pain. And I think that the majority of us are all trying to run from being abandoned because ultimately that is too scary and that's the ultimate fear of of you know, us, you know, either tenants or alcoholics or love addicts. And it sounds like um, inside of all of this, there was some love addiction as well in your, in your life. Like as you got older, it seemed like, you know, one relationship to the next, the next, the next. 
and and you know that's scary. So speak to that. How did that affect your children? Well, you know what? My children are absolutely amazing women. They're 27 and 29 years old now, and um, I actually ended up abandoning my duties as a mother, and my parents ended up raising them for about seven years, um, and then I did eventually go back to them and be the mom through all their high school years. and reconnected with them. So, you know, they were most impressionable. Um, my parents did a fantastic job. You know, after, after me, my parents had, a, you know, I had a brother and a sister and everything changed the way they parented from when I was, you know, the first child. So um, even even as a young teenage mother, you know, I, I, um, I realized that I was unfit, you know, there were times that I, I, I relied on the system, on welfare, and was going to a food bank and was trying to hold all these pieces together with my two kids, but I knew that I couldn't provide the life that my parents could, you know, or the food that they got, and, and I also didn't want them to be young teenage mothers, you know, and I had... I didn't have a steady, you know, I'd have a boyfriend for two years that would come in their life and then out, and and um, I, I, I didn't have confidence in myself, you know, a, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hate. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. I love that. I wish we had five hours to discuss. I love stories like yours. Guys, uh, Dora from Soberoso is on the show. Bear with us a second. Quick word from our sponsor. We'll be back in 10 seconds. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Breaking Through Addiction every Wednesday, coming to you live on Facebook around nine o'clock and then on 65 platforms up at night at seven and eight, depending where you are. Dora at Soborosto is on the show. Great stories so far. Got a question. When did you know that the life you were living was not the normal life that everybody else was living? When did you know it was all going to shit? Oh. You know, that's a, that's a difficult question, Dr. Rob, because I think I've gained a lot with hindsight, you know, now that I'm living clean and sober. Um, I think, you know, in the beginning, uh, it's so easy to fall into addiction and alcoholism because everybody's doing it. You know, you're partying with all the same people. How, why am I any different than that person? You know, we were all at the same party. Um you know, I don't think I really knew I was an alcoholic and an addict until I walked into my first recovery meeting and had been there for about two weeks. I think when I first came into the room, um, you know, into these recovery meetings that I just wanted to quit drinking and get my life back together. The night, um, well, let's say the, the, the rock bottom for me, um, I was in a downward spiral and uh, I left this relationship for the last time. And this was, you know, a man that was also addicted and, and our relationship was fueled with drugs and alcohol. And um, the last night that I walked out on him because I had done so many times and kept going back to that insanity, 
I uh, grabbed a carry-on suitcase and my little dog and I got to a hotel room at about 2.30 in the morning and we'd been already been partying for about three days. And uh, when I got into that room, I fell on my knees and I cried out to God in desperation. And I, I had walked away from God, you know, in all of my active addiction and drinking. You know, I didn't think that there was a God or there wasn't a God for me. You know, I, I, I had no right to access or talk to a higher power. But in that moment in that hotel room, I fell on my knees and I said, God, give me the strength to stay away from this toxic relationship. Give me the courage because I was living in hell and I knew this relationship was sick and I, I just, you know, I'd lost friends, I'd lost family. I just felt so alone. And um, so I cried out to God and the next morning, um, you know, now I'm, I'm, I've walked out of my home, my everything, my relationship, my home, everything. I'm starting over again at 45 years old. I'm back to square one again and I'm sick and tired of starting over again. So, um, I, I took a taxi because I wanted a different location for my hotel and starting off on square one again. And in that taxi ride, I, I had a, a, a can of beer and um, on the drive, I had this sudden thought, maybe if I quit drinking and drugging, I will find the strength that I need to stay away from this relationship because I was utterly hopeless and helpless. Like I knew what was happening was fucking wrong, but I, I, I didn't have a backbone. I couldn't stand up for myself. I, I had no strength. Yeah. So this thought that came into my mind was the first, you know, intervention of a higher power. When I look back, because that wasn't my own thought, my own thoughts previously, if I, you know, left a relationship, that's when I go get, shit faced you know I go on a big bender then and I drug and I drink to take all that away that's a perfect excuse to do it and the time to do it but for the first time I actually associated maybe if I let these things go I will find the strength I need to pull myself back together I just walked into a recovery uh, a meeting you know, in my own naive head, I thought, you know, maybe I'll go here for a month and learn how to stop drinking for a month and get my life back together. Like it's that quick, you know, after 30 years, I can stop drinking and get it all together in a month. But after I'd been in there for, you know, going to like there twice a day, I started hearing people's uh, stories and I realized like, this is a, a not a one month fix. I am an alcoholic, I am an addict and I have been for years and years and years. And um, just being able to make that statement is a starting ground, you know, it's a place of hope. Yeah, I hear that. Um, curious, your higher power or um, that wanted I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you. Yeah, that's okay. I said, your higher power or what, what, what did you Sobarosa. Oh, to create Soberoso. Okay, so, um, well, this whole COVID-19 thing totally uh, shifted a lot of direction, but um, 
when I first came into recovery, I had an idea about making a podcast because uh, I looked for a lot of self-help before I found, you know, recovery. I was searching on for podcasts and whatnot. So I had an idea uh, to make this in my, my first week of recovery a podcast. So anyways, I started out designing t-shirts for Soberoso, recovery-related t-shirts, because uh, prior to finding uh, this 12-step program, I, um, I had been in Amsterdam, and I had a brand new t-shirt from the Red Light District. <clears throat> Excuse me, from the Red Light District. And I had to check myself for the first time. I was like, I can't be wearing this, you know, and there's uh, sex and love addicts and addicts, and I'm wearing a shirt that's promoting the red light district. So anyways, I, uh, I launched a, a T-shirt line first that's all related to recovery, you know, wearing your message and putting a message on your clothing out in the open. Um, so that was the start of Soberoso. I now have a website where I share people's stories, recovery stories from around the world. Um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and a podcast uh, called Soberoso, sharing our passion for recovery. And uh, we invite guests like Dr. Rob was one of our very first guests on the show. And um, we welcome all recoveries. You know, I, I think that's an important part too, is not uh, segregating because I had a slip when I first got into recovery, I thought, okay, I'm an alcoholic. Maybe I can do a little of these drugs on the weekend. And I think that's a bad message to get out there because, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me. So any kind of recovery is uh, welcome to go also. We're an online recovery community that celebrates abuse survivor, alcoholism, addiction, um, everything. You know, we're, we're all survivors. We're all overcomers. And and sharing a message of hope, you know, just raising awareness is, is the thing. We need to talk about this shit, you know. I, I had no idea what recovery was until I somehow stumbled upon it, you know. No idea about emotion. <laughs> well, it's crazy how, uh, how we don't know until we know. I know that when I, when I first knew and knew I needed help, it took me – everything and and homelessness and a year on the streets before i realized that i couldn't stop drinking and when i share that story today people think that's just impossible surely you knew before i really didn't i because I, unlike you dora it was reversed for me I, my my alcoholism was masked by wealth for me doing really good i mean I, i'm a self-made millionaire i didn't grow into into i didn't you know born with a silver spoon in my mouth my parents didn't give me a million dollars to start a business. I mean, I had like $20, $20 in the bank or 20 pounds in the bank when I started. But I knew that once I knew, and well, first of all, it scared me. And then secondly, I knew I had to do something about it. And then during a period of, of about two or three years, there was crazy shit that happened to me. Like I just didn't believe in God. And then all the stuff that was happening to me, I had no choice. It was kind of thrust upon me. But... I do believe that God, higher power, whatever you want to call him, is circumstantial. So I'm, I'm traveling uh, home from Manchester to San Antonio, uh, and there was it was pouring down with rain. It was lightning. It was thundering. And the captain come on and said, okay, guys, we're going to go through some turbulence, fasten your seatbelts. And he stressed, do not stand up on the airplane until I tell you to. It'll be about 20 minutes. And about 
five minutes after that, the plane must have dropped about a thousand foot. And everybody grabbed hold of the side of the chairs and everybody on the plane took a... <gasps> and then you could hear a pin drop on that plane. And my buddy next to me leapt over and he said these words I'll never forget. He said, I bet there's not many fucking atheists on this plane right now, Rob. And I thought, wow, how true is that? It's circumstantial. When he's bad enough, I'll start to believe. So for everybody listening, Dora, tell us how good it is today. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? First of all, uh, the benefits are no hangovers. I mean, the remorse, the guilt, the shame I would wake up with, you know, how did I get home? Is my door open? Did I pay the bill? Where's my credit card? Where's my fucking dog? You know, I'd be looking like, oh, my God. So just that is huge in itself. Uh, but no hangovers, no guilt, no remorse, no shame. Um, you know what? It has not been a easy breezy ride you know once once i found out that i was an alcoholic and, and and admitted to myself i am an alcoholic i can the only defense i have is against the first drink or the first drug you know that's it i can't have one or two so anyways um the benefits now are just you know relationships first of all getting back all those connections with the families the friends i've lost you know for choosing these ridiculous men relationships i i lost so many friends so just the reconnection um sleeping health-wise you know health-wise I, I i used to drink and drug and always be eating um uh tums for heartburn and taking tylenol you know between every drink i always had heartburn and i, I always had a headache and that went away like within the first week it was like wow i don't have heartburn anymore <laughs> So uh, the health benefits, um, the relationships, and, um, you know, I just feel like I have a purpose now. I, I have hope. I have that strength that I longed for when I made that initial cry out to God, you know. Um, I've got courage. I've got strength. I've got my health. And I, I think uh, the part that I'm at right now is it's a real big journey of, of self-love, you know, and, and I think... That word to some normal people out there might just sound ridiculous, like, oh, you're going to go, you know, get your nails done and get your hair done for a day. But it's a lot deeper than that. You know, I, I have to learn to love myself the way I always wanted a man to. You know, I'm really. Oh, oh my God. Say that again. Say that again. Say that. That is. Oh, my God. Say that again. I need to learn to love myself the way I always wanted a man to. And, and I mean, like, you know, I want to be treated tenderly, gently, with care, with, uh, you know, trust and confidence. The things I want in somebody else, I don't need to look for them in somebody else. And that's really where I'm at and where I've been at for the last year. Because although I can think it, that is not my natural thoughts. My natural thoughts are a negative tailspin. So, self-dialogue. Self-dialogue all the time. Got to be careful of that. I know that uh, Jen was sharing with me, and I loved it. She was staying somewhere, and, he, and it was a shit show. And, uh, and she called me, oh, you hope you don't mind me sharing this, Jen. And she says, I love myself too much to stay here. And I thought, wow. 
combined with what you just said is freaking awesome. Guys, it's Dora from Soboroso. We're running out of time, unfortunately. Thank you so much, Dora, for coming on. Soboroso.com, S-O-B-E-R-O-S-O.com for those people that are just listening. Dora is there. Contact her, get in touch with her. She is an awesome person. I love it when somebody comes up and, and talks raw. You know, because you know they've been there. I know for a fact that if me and you met in a bar somewhere, all hell would break loose. <laughs> we'd be shacked up somewhere in a trailer thinking that this was true love. And then we'd both be dead within about six months. <laughs> Crazy. Guys, thank you for listening in. Dora from Sober Rosso. From me, Dora, I'll say thank you so much indeed. And I'll leave it to Jennifer to say thank you. Yeah, thank you for your story. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, your your trails of, uh, of tears and that it's brought you to this purpose. You are a badass. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rob. Thank you, Jennifer. And uh, it's just been a real pleasure to, to keep bringing awareness to addiction and alcoholism. We recover. Yes, we do. Guys, stick around. We're back in two seconds. Uh, for now, it's thank you so much to Dora. Hang about, guys. Hey guys, welcome back to the back end of the show. Great to see you guys this morning. It's Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening, depending when you're listening. So it's good to see you breaking through addiction every Wednesday. And uh, Jen, oh my God, how good! Oh my God, you? I love that. A woman after my own heart that just says it like it is, right? Like I, there's nothing better than just being able to be rigorously honest with ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. I just love it. I love the story. I love the back end of story. I love where she is now. Loves that she's doing something about it. But uh, that's self-love, though. How powerful is that? It's so powerful. And it's a journey. Like, you don't just wake up one day and go, oh, self-love. Like, for the longest time, it took me when people would go, um, Jen, you need self-love. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? What does that look like? And then finally, like, you know, you have this, you know, higher power epiphany. And you go, oh, that's what it is. It's it so took me bad. absolutely years. I mean, I'm talking like even till last year. I know. But, you know, it's just, it's hard to understand. And it's hard to, to do that because men don't do that. I don't know about women, but men like self-love. What does that mean? I, you know, I'm, I'm big and strong. I don't need love of anybody. I'm not scared of anything. You know, yeah. deep down inside, I was fucking scared of my own shadow. Mm. You know, that, that nervous feeling every single day that I had, you know, that, that drinking. I always say I drank to feel the way you looked because everyone else looked as if they had the shit together. Whereas yeah. I, the further I get into this, this business, after 27 years of being in the business, the more I realize a couple of things. First of all, everybody's got shit shows going on, especially in them big houses that nobody likes to talk about. I worked with a, a guy, one of the richest guys there in, in Texas. Um, and, uh, oh, my God, behind them blinds of that house was crazy and the second one is still struggle with today and i always say this i'm never gonna be tall enough thin enough blonde enough or rich enough and that's yeah. just the way it goes so i try and enjoy life one day at a time i don't mean not drinking and using that's bullshit i mean uh just today living you know today is, is just i've got a crazy packed day and i just love it absolutely just love it yeah and you know we're all you know really just um 
loving each other home. I mean, our, all of our biggest fears, it doesn't matter if you're in a big home, a small home, whatever it is, is like our deepest, deepest fear is to be abandoned. We don't <coughs> want to be abandoned. Oh my God. For them guys listening today, the, the quotes on the show today, we're just loving each other home. Holy <laughs> shit. Them three quotes are just phenomenal. I need to get fucking t-shirts with them three quotes on. Dora, I know you're still listening. Get some t-shirts done with them, with them quotes on. Unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, it's so true. We're loving each other home. I like that. Yeah, we should get uh, Rob Kelly Recovery Group. We're loving each other home. That's how we do it there. Wow. Yeah, we could pay down the side of the bus. We'll get Dora <laughs> on that. We'll order 5,000 straight away. Yes. That's awesome. That is awesome. Breaking Through Addiction every Wednesday. Almost run out of time, but it's been a pleasure this morning talking to Dora. It's been a pleasure uh, being in your office, car, or wherever you're listening to us. Make the show more powerful and powerful listening every single week. i got to say, guys, that me and Jen, we just love this stuff. We just love recovery. You know, we share our businesses now. We have a coaching business out there as well. We're just starting up. And, uh, you know, we just want to spread this joy and experience that, you know, your life can change. Your life can be amazing. And not only that, you know, if you don't suffer from alcohol or drug addiction and you want to better your life, this is the stuff you need to get in. The new coaching company we do is, is absolutely phenomenal. I think it is anyway. I think it's a strong program at the right time, at the right place for the right people. Yeah. And, you know, just I, I like one of the things that I'm noticing with a couple of the clients that we do have, like they're making extraordinary leaps and bounds, like extraordinary. I mean, talk about just the self-love, like every day is like a truth bomb, you know, every day they're like, oh, they're having aha moments. And, um, and I, it's like, there, there's nothing to me, there's nothing better than supporting people into that place. Like there's nothing better than yeah. that. I feel like I'm doing God's work when I'm working with people. Yeah, I definitely. It's, it's the only way you can describe it. Working yeah. with your kids and everything else yeah. will fall into place. Yes. That's what I think. Guys, thank you so much for listening or watching or whatever you're doing. This has been Dr. Rob, the addiction doctor, the addiction doctor. Don't take any shit off anybody. I'm the guy. I'm the man. Uh, end of story. We'll say goodbye from now. And don't forget to join us next week at the same time, same place. We have another amazing guest on. So from me today, thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you soon. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. See you soon. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. Uh, airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.